Good morning, and welcome to Luther and Grandma, live from Camp David. I'm Luther. I'm Grandma. And we're both very glad you're here with us today. So today's episode is going to be talking about uh, a few things, but we're very happy to introduce a special guest, my mom, Sharon. Uh, Grandma, what's something that you love about my mom? Oh, she just brings life into the room, and she's always a surprise. This morning, she's sitting here with her blonde hair coming down over her shoulders in a red print robe, and she looks gorgeous. I'm and jealous. she does. <laughs> Thank and you. And something I love about Thank my you so mom. Much. Uh, recently, I was uh, on a trip with my great uncle, and someone was asking about my mom, and I was trying to describe her to them, and what I could come up with is she's five foot nothing. Weighs three. I put three. Weighs, <laughs> weighs less than a uh, hundred pounds, probably, and uh, a little more. <laughs> she deals with two hundred plus pound guys who are incarcerated, and she's done it for thirty years, and uh, they're far more afraid of her than she is of them. So <laughs> that's how I put it. They got a kick out of it, and it's pretty accurate. She she's a tough, wonderful woman. And uh, I'm very grateful to have her as my mom. So yeah, without further thank ado, you. thank you, Mom, for coming on. How are you today? Excellent. I woke up in one of our favorite places to be, one of our favorite places in the entire world, one that speaks to your father, your son, my husband's heart like nothing else ever does, Camp David. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And, uh, Grout, how are you today? I am good. The rain is coming down. I could hear it while I was still lying in bed. I thought, can that be rain again? And it was. But it's just very peaceful this morning. You can see and you can smell autumn. Yeah, I'm fine every other way. Every other way? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, what is something we're thankful for? Mom, if you want to start. I am thankful to be here, and there's always, always a story to tell. It doesn't matter where one is on Helgeson Road. You throw a stone in any direction, you are going to hit a cousin of Betty. <laughs> Happened as recently as last evening. I'm attempting to introduce myself to a kayaker on what is that pond called? Um, Jackson. Jackson Creek, is it? Oh, well, not the creek. Oh, creek? Jackson Lake. Jackson, Jackson Lake. Lake. Uh -huh. Jackson Lake. Probably attached to Jackson Creek. <laughs> and he's like, I'm his mother's cousin. Like, okay. <laughs> In other words, Brad's mom's cousin. More often than not, that's the case. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> uh, Grandma, what are you thankful for today? Lots of cousins? Uh, um, I love a good cousin. Sometimes. <laughs> I am. I'm really thankful for family, though. I'm glad I don't see them all at one time, in mm -hmm. one place. 
Um, I wish we all wore name tags now. Oh, yeah. So that I could remember who was who. But the one you met last night, Sharon, is one of 12 children. Oh, that's a lot. Did you know that? (laughs) Yeah. He didn't mention that. (laughs) Yes. He's probably somewhere in the middle. But um, a neat guy. Yeah, good looking, too. Neat guy. Single. Good stock. Single. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know I'm telling you that. <laughs> I'm not really looking, but thanks for telling me. I'm trying me. to set you up here. <laughs> but, but if anyone out there is looking for a nice uh, older gentleman, oh, he I wasn't say no, really, no. middle aged. I thought quite young, much like myself. Oh, yes, very not much. Not that young. <laughs> but he is a property owner. He, did, oh, and he likes the property. out of doors. Why are we saying all of this? You brought it. Because someone out there, someone Some, out there, this uh, is very important to them. For oh. a cousin of Betty. What I'm thankful for today, quickly, is uh, that my aunties and grandma allowed me to win by a great margin in Scrabble last evening. <laughs> and that they were so gracious and they all pretended that I'd beaten them. <laughs> Why don't you tell him how much you actually won by? That would be Oh, better. I won by about 40 points. Uh-huh. My second word was a seven letter, so I got 61 <laughs> out of it. Uh, but just the graciousness of the aunties and grandma is what I'm thankful for, even in such heavy defeat. <laughs> <laughs> and what, uh, moving on quickly, uh, what is the baked product of the day, Grandma? Well, it came out of a box. A mix, actually. And when I was in festival in Green in New London, there was an older woman in front of me, and she's checking out. She had about five boxes of this pumpkin spice uh, muffin mix. Yeah, from Krusty's. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she's taking an awfully long time, and I'm in a hurry. But I'm listening to her say to the checkout woman, yes, they're over there on the end cap. She said, but I didn't want to take all of them, and I didn't want to be greedy. And the checkout woman said, well, they're for sale. You can have them. Mm -hmm. So she went back and took all of them. There were none left, and they were on sale. So I thought, I'm going to get some of those. And I found one yesterday. We made it last night. It was good. We did not have muffin cups, the paper cups. So it became a pumpkin spice cake, Mm -hmm. right? But it didn't matter. No, it was delicious. It didn't affect the flavor. No. There's one kind of sad lonely piece left dried out <laughs> I think everyone is trying to be polite and not eat the last one. Oh dear. That's yes I've noticed each of us circling in the kitchen. Yeah oh. there have been lingering eyes oh. all over it. Oh. Do you remember maybe no you're too young but they used to say the person that ate the last piece was going to be an old maid. Did you ever hear that? <laughs> no. But it wouldn't have mattered to us. That's true. Once you're married, you yeah, can always have the last piece. We can always piece. have the last one. That's one of the advantages of getting married, <laughs> among the many. <laughs> Does your wife listen to this? Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sure she's proud of you winning the Scrabble game. Oh, very proud. Yeah. Very proud. And your sister will be so proud when oh, she's married. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alex and Brennan, shout out to you. Uh, we're waiting for you to get up here for a game of Scrabble, so you can uh, prove yourselves the better. Uh, what else here? So I have a question for both of you, and I'll give you a moment to think on it. As a 16-year-old, where did you see your life going? 
And I'll say for myself, I saw myself becoming a dermatologist and living somewhere in the middle of a lake. And that's about <laughs> as far as my thoughts went. Uh, obviously, there there's uh, a beautiful woman involved. And I got one of those. So that's, I, I'm partially there. <laughs> it's just the dermatology and house in the middle of the lake that I still have to work on. But the most important fixture I already have. So that's a big plus. All right, Mom, how about you? I'll adjust the question ever so slightly. 17. Okay. At 17, I hope for my life to be much like it is. I never would have imagined it to be this wonderful, but I did hope at 17 to one day be Brad's wife. Mm. And now, the two of us have been married forever, and we are going to our high school reunion this Saturday. Nice. What's the number? 35. I really thought it was 30. We did a little math. <laughs> no. You must have graduated when you were eight or nine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes That's fun. what happened. That's that is how smart my mom is. Although... <laughs> How are you married, my dad? That's another question. But we'll move on. <laughs> well, what kind of advice did I give you? What kind, about? Find one who's smarter than you. Yes, and I most you assuredly did. did. Yes, I went way out of my intellectual and attractiveness league. <laughs> Snared a pretty blonde. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Grandma, 16 yeah, or 17-year-old to you? 16 or 17. Well, none of this was on my radar. None of what we're experiencing up no. here or back home. I just did not see that far. My goals are really short. Mm -hmm. Graduate and then maybe think about being a nurse, but I didn't think that was possible financially. So I just kind of took a week, a month at a time, and it evolved. Mm -hmm. So I can't say I had any grandiose ideas, but I married a wonderful man, which I still wonder what, what caused him to ask me to marry him. Because <laughs> you're smarter. Oh! <laughs> and that must have been just a few months after you were 17. That he, that he proposed to me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I was I was eighteen, but eighteen. Well, yeah. mm -hmm. yes. So um, I did not have any long range plans. Yeah, and it worked out pretty well, yeah. which is probably a lesson in you don't always have to have a plan, and as long as you have faith and you work yes. hard. Yes, and you know, I'm glad you said that, because I did have a great faith and a great God. And I trusted him to lead me where he wanted me to go, and I tried to listen. So thanks for reminding me to say that. Oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, one doesn't get to 16, typically without parents, at least at the Genesis. Uh, so, uh, I, I would like to hear a favorite story about uh, your parents, uh, both of you. So if you want to think on that for a moment, I will go with... A story about my mom and dad. Let's see. Uh, it has to be accurate mom because she's sitting here. It has to be accurate because yes. I, I will get fact-checked by, yes. <laughs> by my mom. 
Well, recently, uh, now that my sister and myself are out of the house and uh, mom and dad have a lot more freedom and flexibility, it's shocking how much financial and time freedom your parents have once you leave the house. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. But <laughs> What about Moses? Well, Moses is there. My younger brother is there, but just ostensibly so. He's, <laughs> he's in and out from time to time. He, He's got a, a pretty good life. But the amount of time they get to spend with each other and O'Malley the puppy dog, who you heard about in the Cheerio trials last, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, and seeing the pictures of them walking around town and going on vacations and greatly enjoying one another's company. Uh, I, I really like to see that because as you're growing up, everything is about you. <laughs> really? Yes. And I didn't want it to be so as a kid, but sometimes, you know, your parents just love you so much that they want to be around you and guiding you and teaching you. And I gave them many opportunities to teach me <laughs> their wisdom and, uh, <laughs> and light punishment when sometimes I would go a little askew. Which was fairly often. Someday we're going to talk about all those light S Someday when I'm not here, yes, there will be a an accounting of Luther the the gray hairs that were earned as Luther was raised. But that's something I'm grateful for for my parents is that they get to spend so much time together where they don't have to talk about what their son did in a numbskull fashion, and to see how much they they love each other. So that's, uh, it's not really a story, except maybe a story of their marriage, and uh, it's a very good one. So, Mom, story about your parents. Uh, so many of them, and I guess I'll go right along the same lines of what you are just talking about. When my sister Judy and I were no longer in the house, and married to the loves of our life happily for very happy were were our parents <laughs> and they spent a lot more time traveling at that point and they traveled all over the place in a van in the back of which they had a bed a bedroom set up so they would have their camping all right there and when I would describe this to other youthful adults, they were sure that Sh Sharon's parents were pretty much hippies. <laughs> and I would try to say, no, they just like to be one with nature and they're frugal and they really love a good view. And you can make sure to have a good view if all that you have is a van. And they were, I mean, but the perspective people would have on them. And there's so much depth and breadth to all who they are that goes beyond it. Mm -hmm. But I just knew they would always be so happy eating a sandwich at the back of the van, looking out at some grand vista. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Grandma? This is about my parents, right? About your parents. Okay. Um, actually, they both grew up in the area where we're sitting now. I mean, oh, very yeah. close by. I may have said that before. 
And this is where they met and they got married up here. Then they moved to the big city, 70 miles away or 60 miles away, and had six children in this little house that had one bathroom. Um, I'm getting away from this, what I want to tell you. Uh, but somehow, without any of the books that they have today about how to have a good marriage and about how to raise children and the seminar that there are, they did a really good job without that kind of input. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my, and I didn't hear a lot of sweet words between them. I'd have a hard time putting two together. But my dad would come home from work from the mill and there'd be these six kids in this little house and lots of noise. And, but my mother wouldn't be around and he'd say, so where is everybody? And his everybody was my mother. That's what was important mm -hmm. to him. So it was, at the time I thought I was a deprived, I wouldn't say depraved, I mean deprived <laughs> child. I could have been depraved too. <laughs> Um, but I have come to appreciate and love what they were, mm -hmm. and uh, oh, yeah. I miss them dearly. Wish I could have them for a day and ask all the questions that now have accumulated and I don't know the answer to. And everybody that else, everybody else that would know the answers, they are no longer here either. Right. Yeah. So be sure you're asking the right questions, and sometimes you don't know what that is. That's true. Write it down. For each person to have an everybody, yeah. what a gift that would yes. be. Yes. Or to be somebody's everybody. And someone has put a, to be at the front of the parade in somebody's life. Oh, give me goosebumps. Well, we are all... The eldest sibling here, I believe. So yes. much responsibility. Yes, so let's talk about that because what a burden we have all bore throughout our lives. It's all you people. Yeah. And the younger siblings will shake their heads at this, but they don't know. No, they'll never they'll know. They'll never know. So I would like to ask each of you, what is the toughest part about being the eldest? And then we're going to move on to the most enjoyable because oh, there, are, stay positive. there are benefits as well. Uh, I'll start, as the both of you think about it. Uh, toughest part about being the oldest is there's no one before you to show you what what in the world is going on. Uh, there's no one to model yourself after. No, I, I want to correct myself a little. My older cousin, Tim, uh, who's two or th two years older than myself, he would he acts as my older sibling, but it's different having him out of the house an uh, hour and a half away than having a sibling in the house. Uh, so just seeing the world and not having someone to translate it for you as another kid, that's a tough thing uh, going out and forward. And there's also no one you can go to to kind of figure things out. Because going to mom and dad, that's that's a step up. That, but if you just need someone to tell you, oh yeah, you just need to do this or just to yada, keep yada, you in check, mm -hmm, keep you in check, not so much. Uh, so actually, my younger sister, I would call my elder sibling, but I would too of mine. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do <laughs> yes. have that in common. And, and Tim is to you, my cousin Paul is to me. 
Yeah. However, not having that baggage of being raised in the same home (laughs) allows for a little different relationship. And he has, on your other side of the family, we really don't have sides in our family, but on the other bloodline, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Cousin Paul has a property that we call up north, or Bimblebum, and we're so thankful to him my almost brother (laughs) for making sure that we still have that possible and to this day can jump on the swing and just sail out over Sawyer Lake Road. Sawyer Lake Road is much like Helgeson Road, a place that takes you back in time and centers you in the present time. Amen to that. So, toughest part about being the oldest child? (laughs) There isn't anybody else there. Yep. (laughs) That's the toughest part. However, I was very fortunate that much like you, with Alexandria, Judy, is often mistaken as Alex, (laughs) to be the more responsible, more dependable, less free-spirited, um, get it done, stay on mm-hmm. task. This is where, so we're like twins as yep. you and Alex. I guess we didn't completely fulfill our obligations. No. Maybe grandma <laughs> did. Maybe she was a true oldest I, child. I would hazard a guess at yes. <laughs> I don't think either one of us really stepped up to the plate for no. that. What do you get? <laughs> Grandma, what was the toughest part about actually being the most responsible and the eldest child? I, I'm thinking about that, and I'm not sure that I can say one. It was just all new territory, not only to me, but to my mom and dad. Oh, right. Because they hadn't raised a child. Right. And mm-hmm. I was the oldest of all the cousins, so there was not oh. a cousin to look up to. Um, yeah. Um, I read a lot of books, yeah. and that was that was good. I'm I'm so thankful that I learned to love to read, and I got that from my mother. But going back to being the oldest child, I just remember a lot of work involved in it, a lot of work, like washing floors. One day I was scrubbing the floor, and I was singing Cinderella, Cinderella, <laughs> and my mother said, "What are you singing?" I said, "Oh, nothing." She had a, she. <laughs> You probably had the books, Cinderella. <laughs> feeling sorry for myself, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Did I answer the question? You did. You did. <laughs> uh, I think we can all confirm that. Uh, I love the Cinderella story. <laughs> I don't remember that one. The oldest sibling bears a burden oh, that others me. will never know. That's okay. true. However. Don't we learn responsibility oh, better than oh. our younger? Like my baby sister is in there sleeping yet, and it's five to eight. Oh yeah, in the morning, yes. and she should be up. She should be breakfast. up cleaning your floors. Yes, she. <laughs> yeah, but well put. Well, you know, a few weeks ago, one of your younger sisters did clean the floor. She did. Shout Tell out to Ann Audrey for cleaning the floors. Oh, with she a toothbrush. She cleaned the bathroom floor like you wouldn't oh, believe. Yeah. We had to levitate in that bathroom for the next two weeks because we did not want to dirty it at all. 
Yeah. <laughs> she asked if we had any old toothbrushes, and we gave her some ones because we thought we could boil it clean again. Ooh. And she used it around the toilet base to yes. get it clean. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you, Audrey. Yes. Attention to detail. A big yeah. thank you to Aunt Audrey on that. She would have been a good oldest sibling. Yeah, she would. Have, she would have just got us into order. And you should have deputized her. <laughs> Shut up. And kicked back. In that <laughs> okay, so now that we've talked about the more difficult aspects of older older siblingry, uh, the most enjoyable aspect of it, uh, I think, is being a resource to one's siblings, uh, where I will have my sister or my little brother call me up and say, what's up with this? What do you think about this? Mom and dad are doing this. What do you think? <laughs> uh, or, what are they thinking? <laughs> yeah. And recognizing in one's siblings when they're having a tough time and remembering that oneself and being able to reach out and give them a little bit of a boost uh, because sometimes that didn't happen for us. And so it's fun to be there for them even when it isn't asked for. Uh, and to recognize just they're maybe a teenager at the time and they think some weird and goofball things and just realizing they're teenagers and they're going to be kind of dumb sometimes <laughs> and talking mom or you wouldn't know anything about that off the wall about oh yeah he is an idiot not that only uh, yeah it's mostly no that's the idiot uh sometimes only sometimes oops yep. is this gonna be edited no we, we don't edit here <laughs> This is pure. Unreal. Shout out to Are you Mo. talking about yourself or You're your a great brother? Kid. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we all have to learn. <laughs> and that's why older siblings are around. Uh, so, yeah, that's the great part about being an older sibling. And uh, no one is around to tell me what to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty nice <laughs> except alex <laughs> she tells all of us yeah that's true and we let her because we like it mm -hmm. so mom what's the great thing about being an older sibling for the most part we really have taken turns behaving as the oldest the two of us growing up i what i'm most proud of though and I'm sure she would hate to hear this story again. But I'm most proud of regarding my younger sister, my only sibling, is that I was able to introduce her to the love of her life, to mm -hmm. her husband, Russ. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice. We were already friends and coworkers, and I really liked him. I thought, oh, I like him. He would be a great brother for the rest of my life. And sure enough, they hit it off and <laughs> victory. Victory. <laughs> I know she doesn't like me taking all the credit for the relationship and the success thereof. What a good 90%. 90% <laughs> sure. Yeah. How about you, Grandma? Um well, I think what I've gained from my brothers and sisters, all five of them, two boys and three girls, is that 
I was too serious. I had a lot of, I have a lot of responsibility as I've started to tell you. But mm -hmm. they brought variety to me. Um, they were just fun. But more fun since we're at adults, I think. Oh, yeah. My brother took me fishing. He took me fishing to buy those tiny, to get those tiny little fish that run in the smelt. Mm. It took me, and you go at night. And so he, um, he said, this is what you do. You take this big round net and you just kind of scoop it in the water and bring it up and it'll be full of smelt. And we're somewhere near Green Bay and it's dark. And so I'm doing this and I said, Mel, I can't get it up. It's so heavy. He said, I'll help you. So he came up and said, well, you're standing in the middle of it. So he thought, what? I'm standing in the middle of the net and I couldn't pick it up. He brought so variety see. to my life, as did my other siblings. So what an analogy for life, though. He's standing in the middle of the net. Yeah. But how would you apply that? I think there's all kinds of circumstances oh. where we are our own worst enemy. Yes. Oh, true. Yep. Yes. And we, yeah, we are the problem, but we don't yeah. see it as such. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. yes definitely. And I don't want to get started on talking about stories. I'd have to do one for each of the other five. Oh, yeah. That would be a long time. We'll do that for sure. Uh, and we're also grateful for the aunties who are, have yeah. been your built-in Scrabble companions. Yes. For many years yep. and taught me everything I know about Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> Too well, I might add. <laughs> yes, it's good to have friends that uh, you've had since you were one, two years old. Because mm -hmm. no one knows you better. Yes, that's yeah. true. And uh, then moving on here, what constitutes your perfect day? And there are many perfect days, and you don't have to have just one. Uh, and when we say a perfect day, if we're not including you in it, it's not because we don't like you. It's just because there are many days that are perfection. And, of course, you, listener, are part of many of our perfect days. But if you're not included, we're not excluding you. You're part of our lives, and we love you. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. My son. <laughs> mm -hmm. So my perfect day to start it out uh, would be coffee here uh, at Camp David, uh, recording an episode, uh, quiet morning with whoever's awake. Grandma's up often. Mom is up if she's here. Uh, Aunt Sherry will, would be up. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, our first guest. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Shout out what to Aunt Sherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, coffee would start here, and we'd have to have Uncle Alan with our coffee, too. And then, oh, dear. Then un uh, Uncle Russ would pick me up in his Porsche. Are you making this up as you go along? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm so we don't have to have a, okay, now I get yes. the picture. So then Uncle Russ picks me up, and all the roads up here are just perfectly smooth, and they're banked, so we can Never. go 100 miles per hour around the corners. And he drives me down to Sheboygan. And then, uh, well, as many people as I can fit on of the family, we all jump on a sailboat and we go sailing for a few oh, hours in the morning. that's where you met Emily. And that's where I met Emily. 
And at this point, it's a, it might be about noontime, so Emily's going to be probably awake at that point. And then she and I can go on a date around Sheboygan, where oh, we nice. first met. Oh, right. And uh, The bowling alley, first date. <laughs> possibly the bowling alley, uh, the art center, uh, all the places that were our haunts as uh, young teenagers in love. And then... Uh, Probably to her nanny and papa's house on the oh, lake there, that'd be nice. and have dinner with them, and we'd have uh, artichokes and artichoke dip. Uh, visit with her parents and siblings for a while, and then we'd come up to Camp David again, and everyone would be here. And then, as Grandma said, everyone would magically have a place to sleep, and there'd be enough bathroom space for everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be a perfect day. And that, that's my perfect day. And there are many moving parts of it. But I think we could manage it. So uh, if you're listening and you want to make that happen, oh, and there'd be a huge Scrabble game at the end of the day, <laughs> and possibly some risk with uh, Uncle Mark and Abel and uh, Tim and Eric. Uh, Tim and Eric, I know you don't really like Risk, but we, we'd play it, and my perfect day would have you enjoying it. So it's my perfect day, and you don't get to say otherwise. That sounds like a 48-hour day, by the way. Yeah, it would, it would be very busy, but I think we could all really work together. Yeah, so that would be my perfect day. Mom, what's so your perfect Luther, day? this dream of a perfect day must be the kind of dream that you dreamed when you were on the ship, deployed out to the Pacific. Mm -hmm. Yes. You must have repeated that dream in your sleep and in your awake hours, in your heart and mind, over and over. I notice how your significant players are all in Wisconsin. They're along the lake shore, the Great Lakes, mm -hmm. the fresh water, but they're in Wisconsin. Yep, Wisconsin is home. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that complicated. I thought just laying on the lawn at Camp David would be enough for me. <laughs> and it would be. But having all the people there is a necessary part. What a blessing from the Lord to have you here now. Yes, that that it is. A whole year. A whole year, oh, yeah. As of September 26, yeah. one year out of my contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mom? Thank you for day your be? service. My pleasure. My perfect day is any day where the entire day is wide open, where choices, where there's freedom. With freedom comes responsibility, but an entire day of mm. choice. Nice. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Your turn, Mom. Oh, mine is similar to yours because I look at the calendar. And if I don't have any deadlines or appointments, I think, oh, this is wonderful. Now, I don't feel responsible like you do. Then I can do anything I want to do. And I do. But I think last time we were here, Luther, we sat on the porch and it was raining. But the rain didn't touch us mm -hmm. and drank coffee and read a book, oh. maybe. That's, that's close to me to a perfect day. Maybe nice. not all day, but a couple hours mm -hmm. were nice. It doesn't yeah. have to be grand. One time I came up here all alone to get away and get refreshed. And the first day was really nice, nice and quiet. Second day I was a little lonely. 
third day, I was out waving at the UPS guy, going <laughs> by at anybody. So it just depends on how much yeah. quiet there is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A little quiet is right. beautiful. Right. But Did he stop by? Had... No. <laughs> they were probably had a deadline. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were yeah, saying? He was probably a little worried. <laughs> Yes, he didn't know what I was. was this woman about. standing in the middle of the road <laughs> with her coffee pot. With her coffee. You would have stopped. I would have stopped. Yes, Aww. working working as an AC repairman, anyone who offered snacks or beverages or offered to strap me down to their inversion table, I I quickly jumped at the opportunity. So part of good storytelling is starting with a premise that shocks people enough that they actually stop to listen and get off their phones. Yeah. So this fellow, he just wanted, he suggested I try his inversion table, which is where you strap yourself and flip upside down. Mm-hmm. Well, you start the story, not like, oh, some guy just wanted me to try his inversion table. You say, uh, some guy in his dank basement strapped me to a table and flipped me upside down. <laughs> And then people say, what? And they're like, yeah, I, I couldn't get down. <laughs> and it felt pretty good. And so then they, you, you make people ask questions. And then finally, oh, it was just an inversion table, and he was being polite. And it was a, a good time. But my wife, when she heard this, uh, my wife is very cautious around people she doesn't know, with good reason, because she's a very cute blonde girl, and she has to watch her back. Um, and so she said, if... I, Luther, was a girl, I would have disappeared a long time ago without a trace. And yeah, there is a benefit to being being a guy who isn't a teeny wisp of a thing. <laughs> People try less. <laughs> but shout out to that guy who let me try his inversion table. And if you, you haven't tried one, they're pretty cool. And but the purpose is what? It's to uh, relax your back. Oh. Because it... It releases gravity's hold on your back. Oh. And so if you have back pain, they work pretty well, apparently. Nice. Does it need two people to make it happen? No, only one person. You can get on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. nice. Was his wife there? Was there a spouse? I think the wife kind? was around somewhere. <clears throat> she didn't appear out of a closet and or something. It wasn't all Hitchcock or Stephen No, Cage. it was a very well-lit basement. And to okay. anyone who's listening who gets their air conditioner tuned up, I would just ask that you, like this family, they had loads of 10 feet of space around their air conditioning and furnace unit, and that just makes one's job so much easier. Who would have thought that, huh? I'm going to go home and look at my air conditioner. You have plenty of room around your air conditioner. Yep. Good. Don't worry, Alec. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So now... To kind of finish things off for the for the day, uh, we're going to talk about what we're reading. So uh, I'll start. I, I'm back in school at Lawrence University, and I'm reading a book about the colonization of Kenya and when the as the, one the does. British yeah, as one does at Lawrence colonization uh, <laughs> that when the British left, and now there's. Uh, our Kenyan resistance to the British and the taking over of the government, the handoff of power. Uh, It's fascinating because there's revolutionaries and revolutionaries typically think that things will be better and that it'll be easier 
when the colonizers leave. <laughs> That's not always the case uh, because government is difficult and you're dealing with a lot of people who desire power. And when a major power like the British leave, there's a vacuum that is not easily filled with idealistic people who want the best for the country. Typically, it's taken by someone who wants power for themselves. And sadly, that's often been the case in Africa, as we see constant civil war and strife. Uh, so this book looks at uh, Marxist ideology, uh, the British colonization, and both sides have many faults. And so it shows just how difficult human institutions are to perfect and to uh, benefit the people of the governments uh, at large. So that's what I'm learning, and it's a, it's a pretty good book. I suggest it. It's called A Grain of Wheat. Moving wow. on. Mom? Do you want to follow that, or shall I? <laughs> I think you're next. <laughs> okay. Should I be following up with questions, or do I just go on to mine? Uh, if you have a question, otherwise move on to yours. Whew. <laughs> well... Your father and I, your son and I, have often thought about putting together a pamphlet on how to make the most of one's mediocrity. And so the two of us, <laughs> although our children have turned out way beyond our expectations, each of them in their own right, and we neither want to take credit nor blame for any of their success or failures through their life because whatever we did or didn't do said or didn't say we we are thankful to the Lord for the results so making the most of one's mediocrity it's not to be self-deprecating because we don't want to say defecating no no, right? no. Graham and I did that once when we meant to say self-deprecating and we couldn't quite come up with a word it was a little embarrassing but neither one of us are easily embarrassed uh, so along the lines of making the most of one's mediocrity whatever that might be I had the opportunity to meet a Mr. David J. Rendall at a conference that I was at in Detroit. And he has a book called The Freak Factor, Discovering Uniqueness by Flaunting Weakness. So his concept was people tell us to improve on our weaknesses. And he says, who are we kidding? We're only going to be able to improve just so much. What we should do is focus on what we do really, really well and make that even better. And he pointed out that what we do really, really well is probably the thing that drives other people crazy. <laughs> so for him, what he did well was talk and tell stories mm. and be the center of attention. Huh, Luther? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And so the very thing that he was trying to squelch in himself as a young adult, based upon what he'd learned through middle school and high school, he then recognized he had to make that his own. Mm. Now, he took it to the level of being a motivational and public speaker. Mm -hmm. mm. You may do that too, Luther. No. Yeah. We'll see. But the very thing 
that he was told, stop it. He now is making hmm. a nice living hmm. as an author and a speaker. And so where the freak part of the title, how does that enter in? I think that's to get people's attention. Oh. One of the things he does is he wears these hot pink sneakers. And he has people come up and compliment him on his hot pink sneakers. Usually it's men. And they'll say, I wouldn't be able to pull that off. And he says, yes, you would. You just put them on like any other pair of shoes. You mm -hmm. tie the shoes and you walk out the door. Ah. That's all there is to it. And they just shake their head. <laughs> A great conversation starter. Though. Yes. Yes. Oh, for sure. So, freak as in to the point of that you take it to the exponential levels, okay. whatever it is that you do. Gotcha. So, if you tend to be exuberant and excited for people, you just give it your all no matter what. Nice. How far into the book are you? Page 105. About two-thirds of the way. Of 346. Okay. I'd like to hear your synopsis when you're done. All right. I, I, I had it um, signed for Moses. With nope. pink. Nice. <laughs> Moses, freak out. David. Hmm. I am reading. Would you like to know what I'm reading? Yes, please. Well, I, I would first like to ask, uh, let's do each other's uh, thing that makes one another a freak. Or let's oh make it kinder goodness. and say, what is it about each of us that other people really, really like? Oh. And so for Grandma, I would say Grandma is the listening ear, the shoulder for the entire family. When yes. people, thank you. When people have to get something off their chest, or they need wisdom, or someone to simply listen and know that that person cares a lot about them, they go to Grandma. Mm. So being in Appleton now and doing my laundry at Grandma's, thank you for that, <laughs> Grandma. Uh, it, it's a constant stream of people who are there to see grandma. It's kind of like uh, when people go, not to, quite to confession, but to Close. see the priest where it, it's someone they really trust with things that are heavy on their heart. Mm -hmm. First person they think of is grandma. You get yourself a cup of coffee. There's a Danish or a donut or something and you can just talk to grandma and it is an amazing thing to have her. You, you are too here. kind. Too nope, kind. that is... That is the honest truth there. On that same topic regarding Betty, Grandma Betty, mom for me. One time when I was speaking to Luther on the phone, who knows where he was? Maybe he was standing on the pier in Vietnam. It might have been might Vietnam. Been. Standing on the pier in Vietnam was Luther. And we were speaking on Facebook Messenger probably. And I was sharing a story about how well, Grandma, your Grandma, she, she said she loves me just the way I am. She doesn't think I should change the way I'm doing what I'm doing. And Luther laughed, chuckled the way my father or his older brother would. <laughs> and I could see that slow smile 
a little bit crooked, much like mine and my dad's, go across his face, even though he's miles away. He's like, Mom, Grandma Betty only sees the best in people. <laughs> mm -hmm. So so good for you, Mom, that you went to Grandma for validation. But keep in mind, she only sees the best in everyone, including you. And you might need to go to someone else to hear the full truth. <laughs> yep. Because it's good to have someone who also tells you one's failings. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I think you went on to tell me my failings, or you sent me to Moses to do so. Probably that. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's, uh, let's concentrate on that. Yeah. Oh, now tell me the question again. I am oh. so distracted so, by what I heard. Well, Luther things, and things that make a mom unique, that some might see as a detriment, but others will see as the greatest thing about her. I couldn't be all-inclusive, mm -hmm. but I like what you see in little things, Sharon, when you have your camera in your hand. Oh, eye for detail. Yeah. Yes, and you can make a wet leaf just look so beautiful. Um, and I think you do that in a lot of things. You do. You see not only beauty in flowers, but in people. Thank you. And... Um, point them out am I straying from your question no I think it's really spot on because uh, we kind of hinted at uh, my mom teaches uh, in a correctional facility uh, she's been doing that for quite a while we won't say how long I said it before but <laughs> you probably forgot at this point so I'm not going to say how long but she has folks in there who not many people have seen anything good in them and uh, she realizes that they are failed in some ways, that, that there's a reason they're in jail, uh, but she also sees where she can get the best out of them and where they can fit into society, uh, which I think for a lot of these guys, they don't see where they can fit in, where once you've been institutionalized, it's hard to see yourself in uh, everyday civilian lifestyle and so forth. Uh, so mom's attention to detail sees where a guy can fit into the greater world and she pushes him to get there. She doesn't just see it and say, yeah, maybe you could do this. She's like, no, I am going to be on you until you succeed. And there is, you don't ha really have an option. I'm, mom doesn't deal with failure. She, <laughs> she makes failure successes, I guess. And that eye for detail is a, a major component of that. And so tied in with that is uh, mom's aggressiveness towards an end goal. So mom wants to go on vacation. She will find a way to go on vacation. And she will <laughs> call people. She will hunt it down until my dad finally says, yeah, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that sounds all right. <laughs> And then uh, about three or four weeks later, she's come up with another place that she, she's found a way to go to. So, I just heard her talking about that last night. Yep. Where was the next place? Yep. Mm -hmm. The second mom's home, we've got to find another place to go. Who can get me there? I bet she has a suitcase at the front door all packed for wherever. Warm clothes, cold clothes. 
Wherever. It's in the car. Yeah. Already in the car. Uber's on the way. I highly recommend being a guest. This is... Wow, how motivating and inspiring yeah. it is to be in your presence. Well, we don't have to make it up. We're no. Just being it's pretty easy. Right out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. If ever given the opportunity, I highly recommend to have coffee with Betty and Luther. Hey, hey, there's a plug. Thank you. And the coffee pot that died has been replaced with a it new is. one. Fresh pot. So now we have fresh coffee again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some tea, if uh, tea's your thing. Yes. All right, anything else for the people at home? I don't think I finished. I was, was I supposed to say something about you? You can if you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tuesdays, remember the story, the book called Tuesdays with Maury? I think it's Oh, that. yeah, sure. Yeah. Now my Tuesdays are Tuesdays with Luther because he shows up with great big bags of dirty clothes. And he says, good morning, Grandma. <laughs> and I'm hardly moving. But all of a sudden, my day takes a nice turn. And I look forward to Tuesday. I look forward to Monday, because Tuesday follows Monday. So, As his mother, I want to point out that he is doing his own laundry. He's just using the facilities. Oh, yes. He's not asking his grandmother <laughs> to do his and his wife's laundry. Let's point out that mm -hmm. you don't have laundry facilities that are at the level that you've become accustomed at your mother and your grandmother's homes. No. But you're doing your own laundry. Uh, I am do, I I'm am glad you pointed that out. <laughs> it's not the way I would do it. Oh, I'm sure not. Because sometimes he mixes light with dark, and I have to go in another room and just bite my tongue. <laughs> Close the laundry room yes. door. And pretend it's not happening. He leaves it in the dryer a little too long. Yeah, well, yes. I have three days. It was too long. <laughs> uh, some art, uh, Emily will be quick to point out some articles of laundry don't make it home all the time. But, but I'll bet others come that you didn't bring. That's true. Yeah. Anyhow... <laughs> That's very sweet. Because you have been doing your own laundry since you were a teenager. Mm -hmm. Probably a preteen. Yep. I'm very fastidious about my laundry. <laughs> if it's been worn once, even for a couple hours, it needs to be washed. <laughs> Uncle Donnie knows what I'm talking about. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. Yes. And don't let anybody touch it in between time because then you have to wash it again. <laughs> Yeah. So, that's what makes us freaks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we thank you all very much for listening. Uh, thank you for your continued support. Any last thoughts for our listeners at home? How does one show support for... Yeah. Simply listen. Uh, if you want to send us a question that uh, you want us to answer, please... Uh, Message me on Facebook or leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatnot, and I'll look at them and we'll answer them on air. We'll give you a shout out or thank you for commenting. So any questions you want us to answer, uh, get in contact with us and we'll answer it. Anna? Uh, Anna. Anna. Grandma. <laughs> Anna, if you're listening, Hi, Anna. Send, us, Hi, Anna. send a question. <laughs> and we'll have you on eventually. 
Grandma, anything for our listeners? No, I just enjoy the days. You're getting ready for winter, bringing in all the stuff that you put out just weeks ago, it seems. Just enjoy them. <laughs> and yeah, that's all. Good to be here. Well, from our uh, palatial, what? Uh, and this is Sunday morning. May we close in prayer? Sure. For those of you who'd like to join us and those of you who'd rather not, that's okay too. May we in everything we say, do, and think glorify you, dear Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, have a blessed Sunday. And whenever you're listening, uh, thank you very much for joining us here at Camp David.